Welcome to the Solution Podcast, a real estate podcast where we have conversations about the fact that it's time to put the, the consumer first, Jeff. Always. Is it episode 92? Episode 92 is uh, wow. is an exciting one today. Sorry, I have to apologize for the, to our viewers because our, our temporary space wall they behind us They is, don't love 80s art? It's just very <laughs> lackluster, right? So I got to apologize for that. I oh, think our guest is going to have a better backdrop. Of course. Than let me hide are. him for okay. a second while we, while we prep here because we got to build him up first, right? So today we're very excited. For, for Shanley, for recruiting our furthest east guest to the solution yes charlotte north carolina charlotte, north carolina the furthest east the easternmost guest yes other than my myself originally well oh, yeah, yeah you're yeah. here now okay. though all right so <laughs> let's all welcome lars hedenborg to the show how Woo! are you lars welcome to the party welcome to the solution a real estate podcast hosted by jeff Seabot and phil sexton it's time to put the consumer first in real estate. Our podcast offers state-of-the-art internet tactics and lead conversion methods. We teach you how to become a better realtor and a more valued resource that your sphere will want to use. What's up, guys? Lucky 92. I'm, I'm Lucky. high in the list of priorities with you guys. I love it. <laughs> yes. And actually, I, the reason why I'm excited for today's show is because you kind of bring this sense of... Um, of business, this sense of uh, this analytical sense of of running real estate businesses as businesses to the to the mix, and I can't wait to dive deeper into that today, so that we can we can chat about what that means from your perspective. So thank you for being here. And yeah, I, I think it's his agenda of change as well that in moving. I I mean, because we've been trying on the solution to raise the level of. Uh, I don't know. What do you? What is it? I'd say we cha- we're trying to change the conversation from how what do agents need to do to build their business. You can go get those podcasts. Those podcasts are, are everywhere else. It's not about how you're going to get the next lead and how you're going to convert the next lead. This is about what are we doing to change the narrative to be consumer driven rather than agent driven. And that's one of the things that Lars actually used when we were talking about this is what he's coaching his team on to take care of the consumers more than before. But I mean, yeah, should I would, we talk about how great he is first before he talks to yeah. give him a little bit of an intro? Okay. I mean, all right. So, uh, hey, let me brag about you, Lars, so that you can brag about you too, but I'm going to start. Okay. All right. I think 3,500 families you guys have helped over the last 12 years. Is that? That's about right. Yep. 3,500. 3,500 families. Wow. Right. And so um, obviously focused on the consumer in, in a different way, which I can't wait to hear because you used a phrase that I that I love that we actually asked if we could repeat. And that was that you're trying to bring the Ritz Carlton of real estate to, to your team. And so I can't wait to hear more about that, but you guys merged with the Elrod real estate experts in 2017. Now you're, you're, you're called the high performance real estate advisors. You're powered by Keller Williams, but you also have a real estate B school, which is a business school for real estate agents. That's right. Yeah. I mean, just fundamentally lacking in our industry is any kind of business education. Love it. So a lot of folks that end up growing their businesses do it on like just flawed economic models and just have no idea how to sort of build a business, lead, manage folks, you know, how to create a business plan and and run a financially sound business. So I'm I'm psyched to have those conversations as well. Yeah. So what's what do you mean by a flawed business model? Uh, like I know. I know more than a handful, probably a dozen folks running businesses from anywhere from 2 million GCI to 6 million GCI that don't make more money than their own personal production. 
And so they have these sort of massive overheads and, and, and they're not running a legitimate business because they can't step out of the business. And they're hardly in the business of serving consumers because if you actually went in and you were to sort of go shop uh, or secret shop three of their buyer agents and three of their listing agents, do I get a consistent experience? Is it really, you know, are they really aiming toward having the, the best buyer experience ever, the best seller experience ever? And the answer is 100% no. These are loose collection of agents that aren't delivering at a high value. And I think they're going to be challenged in the future. And now we know we have, why we have him as a guest. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's good stuff there, Lars. Thank you for yeah, that. And, and I, I want to tee off the conversation because I think this will fit in exactly to, to the awesome work you guys are doing. Is uh, And I I either just gave this training uh, at our team or, or within B-School or both. You know, in my market, uh, we have a lifetime fitness, which is, which is like the Taj Mahal of gyms. We have. Um, I belong. Um, I belong to the one in Scottsdale. According to their, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so 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 you go to Lifetime Fitness, and you guys are in Scottsdale. Uh huh. Yeah. So I was just at the Scottsdale Top Golf. So uh -huh. you go from Top Golf to Lifetime Fitness. You swing by the Apple Store. You grab an Uber, and then you visit with your real estate agent. Same. 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 Yeah. Same. Like yeah, experience, yeah. right? Like you. I mean, consumers are just they have these massive expectations for things they spend money on and they're willing to spend money if the experience is there. And we generally as an industry, we're not thinking of ourselves as consumers giving us, especially on the buy side, that class action lawsuit has been coming forever, right? The fact that buyer agents get paid only because listing agents negotiated a code broke for them. You know, there's a class action lawsuit, 20 of the largest MLSs in the country right now are getting sued because of the way that the Cobroke works with real estate agents because it's so convoluted. And it goes back to like, is there real value exchange there? If, if I had to sit down with you as a buyer, you're buying a $400,000 home in Scottsdale, which the area that I was in, there was there was, there was no $400,000 home. We're going to so, need a second show. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a million dollar home in Scottsdale. I went for a jog around the... Uh, the McCormick Ranch there, Scottsdale Resort. You were staying at the Scottsdale Plaza Resort? Yeah. And and it was all, I just had my Zillow pulled up and it was all million dollar homes. So, you know, am I worth $30,000 to the consumer, right? If I'm a buyer agent, am I worth $30,000 of value? And I, I just don't think we're having those conversations as an industry. And it's going to change two to three years. It's oh, already oh, it's changing. Oh, it's going to yeah. change faster than you're even going to imagine. Yeah, it's already changing. Yeah, right. I mean, these are conversations that we're having. I mean, fight against commission compression. How do we do that? We elevate the service. We look at it more as a business model. I mean, I can't wait to hear some of the ideas. So but I think I'm with large because I think that if you actually if somebody because I, I don't think this is what the industry is doing, but I think that they that somebody out there is going to be intuitive or innovative enough to. But interviewing every consumer to ask them, was your realtor worth $30,000. I don't know that we'd be excited to, to read those reviews. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because the current review system in place, I mean, don't get me wrong. I go after as many Zillow reviews as I can get is kind of flawed in itself because we only review the people that like us. We only ask for <laughs> reviews from the people that close, yeah, right? From the right. people that you have a good transaction with. But like, like you said, as, about as far as business was, is the businesses do ask all of their clients what they thought of them um, and use it in their internal improvement process. But I know that um, 
not everybody has that in place. We actually use a system for evaluating our performance. What do we call it? Oh, yeah. Nice. You're putting me on the spot, aren't you? <laughs> Let me think. Hold on. It's going to come to me. Net promoter score. Net promoter score. The NPS. There you Thank go. You awesome. Much. Do you use the net promoter score? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we, we seek out the um, – we have like five touch points in the transaction where we're seeking input from, from our clients. Um, and it's specific to a promise. What are, yeah. What are those five touch points? Uh, well, if, if I can back up, because I think this will be of, of value to 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 everyone to go through our pro, our, our process. Is this, um, the, is this the uh, Rich Carlton process? Yeah. So so we call it the promise and I did not create it. Um, okay. I heard it originally from um, from um, John, John Abraham. No, Jason no, Abrams. No, Mike um, Hicks. No, it was Mike Hicks. Um, who's the, the billion dollar market? Jay guy? Abrams. Yeah, Jay, Jay Abraham. <laughs> Jay Abraham. Okay. Oh, well, uh, so I listened to a, a, a seminar he did called 93 Referral Systems. And a guy stood up and he said, hey, listen, as a condition, here's a, here's an idea. As a condition to do business with, with my firm, you have to commit to give us a referral within 30 days. And they would agree, his clients would agree, and it was outside of the real estate industry, but his clients would agree, you know, that in order to do business with us, we would send at least one referral to you. Mike Hicks with KW, if you go to YouTube and just look at Mike Hicks' promise, you can see him um, uh, role play what this is. Basically, if, if you guys were to sign a listing agreement, I would I would say, hey, guys, one more thing before I let you run. You know, we have this thing we called the high performance promise, you know, it's, it's our goal to have, you know, execute this process, you know, seamlessly in such a way where, you know, it, it literally is the a Ritz Carlton experience, you know, every detail is handled before you can imagine, you know, um, there will, things will come up. It's real estate. You know, our goal is to, to provide an awesome experience. How does that sound? Great. High five. It sounds awesome. Um, but here's the thing. I, I, I have a request of you. As we execute on this promise, we expect you to deliver a referral before we get to the closing table. Could you do that? Yeah, as long as you guys give us a great experience, we'll refer you. Okay, awesome. Here's the thing. If we get to closing and you haven't sent us a referral, I'm going to assume that we didn't deliver on the promise and I'm going to want to talk about it. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. We always want to get better. Cool. Okay. High five. Sign this document acknowledging that I presented the promise and, and off we go. So that's the first touch point. That's the first time as an agent, you'll tell them. Is that buyer consultation? Both, both buyer and, and, and sellers. And it's, and it's no different. It's, is that it's during the listing appointment when it's a seller? What's that? Is that during the listing appointment? This is the last thing we do before we leave the house. Okay. It's literally a, hey, one more, one more thing before I let you go. And um, before I let myself out the door. <laughs> um and we do as another thing too. We do all uh, consults in office. So, oh, your listing appointments in office. Yeah. Got so it. that's another thing that that we do. I think that's a, a differentiator. We we do run a legitimate real estate team that that runs at a high level. So if we're competing against four other agents, we we have to have them come in to see how we're set up and and how our office runs. What's your uh, price point? We're two seventy five to three fifty on the list side. You know, two fifty to three fifty. So I think we're averaging so far this year three hundred. But we did we did three point nine percent on the list side last year. Wow! In a market that's probably closer to two. Is that on top of the buyer commission? 
Yeah, that's just the listing side. So that's just what we took from from our seller clients. So so I just have this. You could see in in like five other industry where where there's been technology disruption. You know, there are still high paid attorneys. There are still high paid financial advisors. There are still high paid travel agents. There are still high paid whatever. And we just want to be on that side. You know, so we're gonna we're gonna focus on the experience, and focus on folks that are willing to pay for a a. A, a really good experience with a real estate agent. And so nice. just, yeah, all the way in the side of like high-end advisor, trusted, you know, and, and a lot of it's aspirational. So when we first started making this promise, we were like motel, well, maybe not motel six, but we weren't, oh, we, were, <laughs> we were not Ritz. And then every week we just kept pounding the team. Let's, let's script it because the second step is the ISA or whoever set the appointments calling right after whether they signed them or not and making sure that they, they did mention the promise, then listing our listing client care is reiterating when, when they get the listing file, their first call, the closing coordinator is then gets the file, same thing. Then our director of ops three days after closing is saying the same thing and confirming that, you know, and, and, and then the follow-up is how are we doing on the promise? You know, we, we made this big promise when we first met, how are we doing on the promise? It doesn't matter if we're crushing it. Great. If they say you guys are just crushing it, have you sent over a referral yet? You know, if, if we're not, then we can address the problem. We can constantly get better. So we're not, we're not burying our heads in the sand like a lot of real estate agents and teams around. Like, I just hope nobody figures out that we're not worth what we're getting paid. All right. So then I got to ask you, cause that like opened up a big can of worms for me. So what, what is, what about what you do requires you to ask them, like, what are you promising? Well, the lucky thing, um, there's a quote by, um, it's the guy that wrote Raving Fans, Ken Blanchard. Uh, he, there's a quote where he says, you know, your, your, um, your customers have so lo such low expectations, and this is especially true of real estate agents, that we've we've been getting by by doing not a whole lot for our clients, uh -huh. and that's changing. And in order to have a booming business, you have to realize that you, you've got to you've got to do everything you can to create raving fans. So it's nothing that's ever changed, but it's just it's doing a, a better job than ninety nine percent of agents out there, which actually isn't that hard. Yeah, the bar's not that high. Yeah, we've got like seventeen. Team so you're promising minutes. that you're going to do better than the last guy. Yeah, they're going to you're going to show up on time. You're going to be you're yeah. going to shower. Yeah, and and, and the comment I made, the aspirational part, is that we are building out like just every week we're masterminding agents and you know backstage and front stage. How can we do this better? How can we surprise and delight? What's another touch point we can add in there? You know, not not just after closing, but during the during the transaction. Um, so it's you know it's. After is pretty easy. It's it's birthday, home anniversaries, that type of thing. We have five events during the year, uh, a few giveaways, those sorts of things. Uh, during the transaction, it's a couple times we do like either brownies or one other thing from send out cards. A lot of phone calls, some phone calls for no reason, you know. So we're constantly touching every file without a reason to touch a file and following up with folks. Um, the way we present, you know, if, if you were to get a presentation from our three lead agents, it would be a, it would be the exact same process, you know, so there's nothing like different yeah. about the process yeah. to follow. Nice. So you're, are you broken up into buyers agents and listing agents? 
You said elite, or do you call them lead agents? Lead. I mean, we have three lead agents. So last year we did over 3 million GCI with three, basically three lead agents. They're very well supported, you know, so we have. Tell us about that. A a lead agent is essentially about 80% of their business is listings. A buyer agent can't take listings until they, um, they finish their first year on the team. So there's a 90 day training period, then 12 months as a buyer agent, then they can take their, their SOI listings. Once they maybe two, three years on the team, if they fit for a listing, uh, listing role and I listing agent and lead agent, it, it's sort of interchangeable in my mind. Okay. You know, 80% of our listing business, you know, goes through those three lead agents. But they could also meet with a well-qualified buyer as well. Right. Yep. We don't, uh, our, our agents don't show homes. We have showing agents. How many showing agents do you have? We have two showing agents. <clears throat> I'm shocked that it's only two. Yeah, I have two showing agents, one buyer agents, three lead or listing agents. And we'll do like three, five, three, four to three, five, a three, four to three, six million GCI through. Um, the thing is, though, this is part of the Ritz Carlton. You, you said one buyer agent? One buyer agent. So you're listing heavy. We are listing heavy, about 65, 65, 67% listings. So then is that you're carrying 150 listings uh, in inventory? No, we can't, we can't keep our listing inventory. We're at like 65 to set. I think we're even lower than that now. And it's because they're selling fast. Yeah, they're, they're still churning pretty fast here. I mean, a, a good listing price well, it's, it's under seven days. It's under contract. Right. I would nice. imagine it's that price point seven days. And, and that's something, you know, and we have a, a one pager documenting the, the, the promise that we put on top of the paperwork that we send back to a buyer or a seller. So when they get that PDF, they're going to see it. You know, the first thing they're going to see and they're, they're constantly be reminded about the promise. So what do you, how do you, how does your team overcome the objection then when they say, you guys have been great. You totally delivered your promise. I just don't know anybody that's moving well i mean if you didn't if you did know somebody who would it be like we would, we would <laughs> you're talking to him <laughs> we, would, we would take you through i mean there's got to be somebody at, at the at the office or on your street or you know in your church let's just let's take a minute and think about it all right, but I wanna, hold on. I just want to repeat this. I think that the objection overcome is awesome, which is why I want to repeat it. If you did know somebody, who would it be? Right? I don't know anybody, but if you did, who would it be? Yeah, that's awesome. But then just just to slow them down, because their natural response is like, I don't want to be that guy that refer. You know, I don't want to be giving names out. And you know, if and let me say, if, if we truly delivered on our promise, there's no way you wouldn't refer someone to us. Typically, and we we only have it about fifty percent. So we're not we're not hitting it. We want to get over eighty percent of folks before they leave the closing table refer folks to us. So it's never going to be a hundred percent. Yeah, just- you said that you're fifty percent, but let's just put a little let's just frame this correctly because before you started this program, you guys were at ten percent of getting referrals at the closing table, exactly. and so you improved that by five hundred percent or forty percent, depending on which way you want to look at it, right? Yeah. And 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 that's just a, you know a lot of people get referrals, but they don't have a system around it and they don't track it. And so we have a weekly scorecard for operations that tracks not only our net promoter score, but we also track how many, it's either a zero or one by the end of closing, 
we either got a referral or we didn't get a referral, a zero or a one. But I, so, I mean, we had you at basically in the 400s for home sold. How many transactions do you do a year? No, we won't do that many this year. It'll probably be like um, anywhere between 325 and 350. Okay. But so if you have three lead agents and one buyer agent, you said they were well supported. Can you tell us about the, the support staff? Yeah. So we've got a. Because the promise is going to be delivered by the support staff, no? Yes. All of the above. Well, but I mean, if you, but I mean, those suckers got to be, the lead agents and the buyer's agents got to be pretty freaking busy. You got four yeah. people divided by 325. That means 80 a piece, roughly. Yeah, and, and the buyer agent's newer. So, you know, he, he may get to 40, 50 transactions. The rest are probably a hundred a piece for the, for the other three. So and, you're busy at a hundred yeah, transactions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And, and we feel like we can get them to 150 to 200. They just had to let go of more people. Because you're business minded. Yeah. <laughs> of, course you, of course you feel that one way. Of our, one of our agents uh, used to work for another team and I knew the team leader. And I asked him, in I North said, Carolina? what's that? In North Carolina? The team, the other team was in North Carolina or was it out of no, state? He, he was in a different market. Okay. Yep. Um, and I asked him, I said, so, so tell me that, tell me the deal on this, on this agent. And he said, you know, she's good for 10 to 12 transactions a year. And I'm like, really? You're like, what does she do the next month? <laughs> no, he got her to 80. And she did 330 the last three years total. Wow. Because she didn't have, she wasn't in an, an actual business. She was just a loose collection of agents that he called the team. And so I just, I, th that's going to lose. If you're building, if you have a team, that's going to lose in the future. I, I loved his subtle dig there. Did you catch that one? Which one? The I might have to use that in a listing appointment, right? A loose collection of agents they call a team. Yeah. And that's that's pretty common. Yeah. We know, we know it's just better than I would describe it. Yeah, right? it's a good description. Exactly. <laughs> we always look for takeaways out of these conversations Thanks, too, Lars. Like, I got one. We're still students of this game. We're still we're still learning this game of business ourselves. All right, but I still want to know about the support staff. What's that? How many people support the agent? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, what um, does the team look like? So we have a director of uh, backstage, let's call it. We call her operations, admin, and finance. So she kind of covers all of that. Um, and she had, we have a, a, a person that sits at the front desk, desk, so like a first impressions person. We have a full-time runner. Uh, he's a teenager, 19 years old. Um, we have a... Uh, transaction coordinator, licensed transaction coordinator, like keeps the sales sales out of contract to close 100%, negotiate repairs as well. We have a listing client care. So an agent gets a signed listing, here's the file, get it on the market, communicate directly with the client. I've already set them up with their expectations. Um, and that's five, you six, what, uh, what do you do all day? I, well, I go to that business on Tuesdays, so I, I don't. I, I I do some high level things in that business. Okay, so is it more than five, or is it five? Uh, I mean, I'd consider our our marketing. I consider front stage, although they they're staff. So we have. I guess we have a a, a VA in listing marketing, so she's What's pretty much virtual assistant. Oh, to our listing, she's local, but she doesn't come to the office. Uh, and then we have a marketing coordinator and a, a person that's in charge of marketing, but they also a marketing do assistant and a marketing coordinator is the marketing coordinator on, on site. 
Yes, marketing coordinator and our, our lead marketing uh, person are both both on site. So I wouldn't consider them part of operations, but they are part of the staff. Okay. And they also they also cover recruiting for us. So we do meet and greets, we do workshops, and okay. you know, we're constantly advertising for recruiting and marketing for for new talent. Okay, because that's not a large team. No, I mean it's it's not. We 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 had a cleansing uh, fourth quarter last year. We got rid of some dead weight some mishires, you know, you'd think after a hundred. No, no, we're good at that. <laughs> yeah. You'd, you'd think after we're good so at that. Yep. Mistakes that we would get that right. We just had some, some bad hires the, the our last four, we brought in a class of four new incubator agents. We call them and um, three didn't make it more than 60 days. And the one that made it is now our listing client care person. So she wasn't even well suited for sales. So we missed the mark on all four. And so it's just this, that's probably the hardest part of business and, 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 you know, scaling anything is getting a, a real tight knit because we're really tight knit and our core values are meaningful and it, it's hard to hang on our team. And so we're willing to go through a hundred applicants to find one that might be a good fit for our sales. Team. And the marketing coordinator is doing that. What's that? The marketing coordinator is going through the applicants. You said that they handle yeah, it. She is. Yeah, she she actually is sifting and sorting through the applicants along with uh with our director of ops who handles some HR stuff for us. The two of them kind of tag team them and we follow a pretty specific process on uh on you know sifting through the talent and the interview process. So how about I mean, maybe because you only have seven days on market, is it what about because I think that that's a big that's a I mean our average sales price is 600 and there's, you know, over 500,000, there's six months of inventory and over a million, there's 11 months of inventory. There's a, a lot more in the uh, marketing of houses that has to be performed <laughs> than the, I mean, obviously than seven days that, on market. Yeah. Dude, yeah. It's, I, mean, I, I wouldn't say our average is seven days. I mean, I think our market is probably more in the 45 to 60 days on average and we're probably 30 or so average. So we price homes, right? I mean, and we, 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 we won't take a listing if we can't sell it, you know, so we're pretty disciplined about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the market shifts, I mean, it's a different, you know, it, it'd be a different story. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there is no good market, right? I mean, when, when the market is a seller's market, it's just as, fr I don't know, which is more frustrating when houses go quick off the market or when they sit in the market a long time. Well, and, I mean, in our marketplace currently, the market, the average market has 1.8 months of inventory. Um, that was last year. This year it's like 2.2, but still not a lot of inventory. Yeah. Um, and what we've seen is the increased competition of the uh, non-professional realtor, we'll call it. The one that sells one to six houses a year right? Not relying on the income, but because there's been, um, I don't know if you've had companies like Homey or Purple Bricks in your marketplace. Well, we have the person you just described. So I don't know if that's it, but we no, 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 that's a different, that's a different person. But what it is, is we have these new entrants in the real estate market. One's called Homey. They sell a house for $1,500. Uh, Purple Bricks, it's roughly 2500 bucks whatever just a, a just a flat lower fee, price. lower price because the market's hotter 
And there's, I mean, easier to sell. Yeah, we sell 95,000 homes. So it's a large, uh, Mm -hmm. like, how big is your overall marketplace? We'll do 44,000 homes. So 88,000 commission checks. Yeah, nice. I like the way you said that. Um, He says things well. He says them really well. Yeah, because you say 95,000 sales, but we should say, hundred and I would never I would never checks. say a hundred and ninety thousand <laughs> you guys should have at least five percent of the hundred and ninety thousand I totally two hundred thousand commission checks you guys should be able to do a thousand closings pretty easy yeah I we, totally we actually we were uh thin in the herd as well in getting and in, in trying to you know uh, right size our team to create as efficient just sounds like similar to you maybe we're not as efficient as you are but trying to hone in on the right model as we you know head for a billion dollars a year so it's just trying to you know fine-tune the machine we like to say yeah but, so Lars but, didn't talk at all about I like know, but call I, centers I or anything that. like that okay we can add that but yeah. just so uh what we've seen locally is the marketplace um, these companies have been pitching how easy it is to sell your house. So that has caused the consumer then to go with their friend, the onesie twosie, because it's so easy because they keep hearing the message. Because I don't know, do you have Open Door in your marketplace yet? I yep. buy it. Open Door and uh, what's the other one? OfferPad. OfferPad. Yeah, they're both. So good offer up. Offer now. Yeah, and Zillow um, opened up a location here. Yep. Yeah. We have that here too, but that that message of how easy it is, ha, we've seen, or you know, I mean, I've seen in going out. You know, I mean, I was on a, I still do listing appointments. That the, the consumers, I get there, and they've already had four offers before I get there, which is uh, a great experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I don't get overly caught up in in that. You know, we went from five thousand to fifteen thousand agents plus all of this disruption, and I just have a, a supreme confidence that as long as we keep going down the path of whatever high end, high service, high touch you want to call it, and we take care of our clients, our clients are going to tell their friend that is considering listing their home. Listen, I know you get talked to offer pad, but those guys are going to give you a fraction of what your home is worth. You need to talk to the guys at high performance. So that's, that's the way you insulate your business from any of that crap because you get what you pay for. I mean, I, I don't know an industry where you don't get what you pay for. You know, that's what true. kind of advice are you really going to get at 1500 bucks? Like, are you going to really get the, a, an expert advisor for the largest financial transaction of your life potentially, or one of the 10 largest financial transactions you'll ever do? That's for 95% of folks. You know, oh, I think no, I mean, to me, the iBuyer is only going to consume the you know five or seven percent of the marketplace. Um, yeah, in, a, in a, offer pad here had 220 listings, which mean they bought 220 homes and only one was under contract, which means that they have a whole bunch of inventory that's overpriced, which means they bought every one of those homes at a price that they can't make money on. And I know they're profit optional, but I just don't see the model to be profit optional. <laughs> Again, more good ding, ways to ding, say things. Yeah, we're writing down his tight collection of sayings. They're really well backed, those companies. So they don't have to make money. You know, they just want to build market share and and get a presence. Um, but that's that's a losing model. You know, yeah. 
and they're and they're undercutting like our our radio ads we don't do a lot of radio um we've scaled back our radio because it's just not working as much anymore um but we go right after we say these these out-of-town companies are coming in and and preying on our homeowners giving them a fraction of what their homes are worth right and that's the bottom line you know we had a, a big a big real estate company from atlanta come into charlotte um, and he's doing the same thing. I mean, he's, he's spending $125,000 a month on mass media and he sold 80 homes last year. Spending That's one- good. That's, <laughs> right? That's 3 million a piece. <laughs> and, he's, and he's smart. Like he's a smart dude and he's probably got an exit strategy and he's probably way smarter than me. But that, if you're willing to buy market share, like I'm not going to play that, play that game. Cool. All right. Yeah. So I wanted to take the cut. Do you have another direction? Or? No, let's go. Okay. Right. So I was going to um, guess who that player was. Well, I think he used to be a KW agent, but that's okay. Oh, let's keep going. I think in your backdrop there, you have ready to take your business to the next. It's interesting because you chose next level, but you're not part of next level agents or are you? No. No. Right. Do you know who they are? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Good deal. All right. So what is, what is that sign behind you referring to? Yeah. So six years ago, my, my, my journey was tough. I, I worked my first three years. I probably worked eight days a week on average. I had like two young kids around that time. So it was just really challenging me for, I knew really early on that I couldn't do the job of a real estate agent. So I quickly turned to building a, a business. Um, 2013, I, w- I got out of production in January, 2012, the year we did 248 sides. I did my last closing ever. And then we went on to do 312 and then 450 something. Um, and then I worked one day a week <clears throat> from that year. I did 248 all the way until until now. Um, and the journey was really hard for me. It was a lot of trial and error. I coached with everybody, you know, in real estate. I, I spent probably close to a million bucks on coaching, but probably 75% of it outside of the real estate industry. So I started Real Estate B-School in 2013 as a, a, a straighter path to build a real business. And a real business means that the owner doesn't have to work in it, let alone be their main salesperson. Like there's no real business I know where the owner has to be the the main salesperson. If you can't step away from your business, you just have a job with the worst boss ever. So, um, and that's what it is. It's business coaching for, for real estate agents. And it's well, taken- I ran into John Nordstrom the other day down at the Fashion Square Mall, and he was asking me what kind of shoe I want. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Perfect. So now you're doing the B school, which is you're helping agents develop the, the business level side of the game, right? Is that online or is that a classroom experience? It's coaching. So we, we don't offer, we have an undergrad program, uh, which is if you're not ready for our coaching. It's, it's high level coaching for, you know, you really, our ideal client is doing at least 50 to 60 sides, or they already have a small team. They're doing a hundred plus transactions and, and, and they don't know how to set it up the right way. And if you don't know where you're going and you don't have a roadmap, you're, you're probably going to end down the wrong, down the wrong path. And typically they don't understand their numbers. They're not tracking. They have no clue how to do people. And that whole process, they don't know how to plan short and long term. So it's that's probably the, the the three main differentiators. I think there's a lot of coaching programs that teach, you know, attract, convert, and deliver, like the basic model of of business. But a lot of times that that leaves the agent enslaved. 
you know. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to ask you to define a little bit more. I think you've already started to, and that's only because our industry is uh, overloaded with coaches. Lots of coaches. Right? And yeah. we've learned that uh, everybody means something different, and that's what I was, wanted you to go into. You started to there. Like how, what is your, what, what is your coaching and how is it different? Yeah. The biggest differentiator is that there's nothing, there's no advice we will give where we haven't done the thing we're advising you to do. And so I run a real estate business, you know, that has profits and we make decisions on lead sources and people. And, you know, we have a planning process that works. It's three year, one year, four quarters and 13 weeks. And we've just, we figured out how to actually achieve a, a three-year plan. You know, in 2009, I wrote, I wrote my first business plan and I wrote it all the way out to 2020 personally and professionally. And I achieved most everything, you know, in a three, five, 10 year plan before, you know, I actually hit the, and so I've, I've always just been a good planner, but then also providing the tactics and the everyday, you know, what you need to do to actually achieve the thing you're looking to achieve. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So it's, I just think there's a lot of hype out there. Like I said, I know an agent who's, um, he did 5.5 million. He lost money, but he just got off a stage of 5,000 agents teaching them how to build teams. But he and, lost money. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> have you ever, have you ever been on, what was the guy's name? Uh, Pat, Pat Hyben. Yeah. Pat Hyben, where he says it's uh, e ECI and then there's, you know, your, your net, GCI or, or yeah yeah I was his 200th podcast and his 800th podcast I just did a podcast with him a couple of weeks ago again well you got to tell him you're our 92nd which is kind of cool yeah. <laughs> or 800 that's where it's yeah, at 92 baby all 91 episodes just primed the, yes. the audience for oh. this to be the <laughs> the, the, the big but it's yeah. about that time so all right so one thing here is we are extremely focused on trying to change the industry and putting the consumer first in real estate so i got a couple questions for you on both sides of the transaction if we're ready for that yeah and that, um when you're representing a seller we find that sellers want one of three things sometimes two or three things usually not all three but that's either they want more money they want to sell the house faster or for less hassle do you focus on any of those three or can you give us a story about how you deliver any one, two or th all three of those? Yeah. I mean, so we're, we're, we're highly process driven on our listing side. I mean, we have got that process in like four phases from what we do before the appointment, what we, what we do at the appointment, what we do in the next 24 hours and what we do in the first, second, third week and then beyond. So I would say less hassles is that we have worked out the kinks to anything that could go wrong, you know, in terms of just being proactive. So I would a hundred percent less hassles and it's just, it's all checklist driven. Have you guys ever read checklist manifesto? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not worth reading. Now Phil just likes you. Yeah. It's actually not worth reading. It's the reason why more planes don't fall out of the sky because the yeah. pilot is, the co-pilot's like check, 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 check. So we just have a series of checklists to make sure there are no hassles. Our sales process, so at the appointment, you know, we're going to be honest about where the market is and we're not going to take a listing just to take a listing. So by virtue of just presenting the market for what it is and not being attached to the outcome, we're going to get more listings 
priced where they need to be priced to sell. Not because it's in our best interest, but because it's the data always shows. Do, do, do you guys have uh, Claris Market Metrics? Ours is called the Cromford Report, but yeah, something. Yeah, so Claris Market Metrics has a very specific report. It's only $10 a month that's called pricing analysis. 100% of the time in any price range, in any market, it shows that you will lose money as a seller if you cheat to the high side. And it, it is the best report ever. It's the only thing I need with a seller to price their home right because of the way I explain it. So that is something, if you're doing a good amount of listings, you need that. So we get listings priced to right, which lets them sell in less days and for more money. That one report shows that 100% of the time. It's called Clarence Market Report? Clarence. Clarence Market Metrics. So C-L-A-R-U-S. And it's only $10 a month. They don't have it in every MLS. But most big MLSs, they have it. And so that, that gives us the opportunity. We do have less days on market. We do sell for more than the average agent. And by virtue of having a staff and having checklists and having so many freaking transactions, we do provide a differentiated service. So we go for all three. Awesome. Congratulations. All right. So then on the buy side, we find that buyers want less hassle, right? I.e. the evolution of the iBuyer now, because then you just, you get, you don't even have to have someone come to your house. You just get an offer for it, right? They, they inspect <laughs> But not, they send you an offer first. Yes, That's right. called less hassle, right? Like, wouldn't it be great if you could just sell your house for the number you I'll be it at any price, right? Like, we know that yeah. it's not a top dollar offer. Although maybe Lars's office is so nice that it's actually a benefit to go to his listing appointment just so that you can see the facility, right? Right. So, all right, a little commercial interruption. Where did you get the wall? Yeah. <laughs> this we is like- elm. Uh, it's peel and stick uh, wood tiles. Awesome. It looks yeah, good. Peel and stick. Yeah. All right. Back to the fire. Um, <laughs> only because we, we I, well, I don't want to take too this much. This episode of was brought to you by westelm.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how do you help buyers less have buy a house with less hassle in less time or find the best house at the best price, Lars? So we so on our buyer side, we are our agents don't show property. The showing so, agents. Yeah, our, our showing agents do. So we have more availability for a buyer to see home homes. I guess that's one benefit. We spin it as a benefit. Um, and the person that either you're, you know, a lot of people think that the job of a real estate agent is just opening doors to pretty homes, like the HGTV version of an agent. Yeah. And we actually have a position for that on our team. So that person is really good at just, you know, going through that with, and, and that's the showing agent. Is that what you're talking showing about? Agent. Yeah, yep. do you, do you like pay Calendly? Oh, no, sorry. but do you pay them salary or do they get just a pure yeah, commission? Salary plus five percent. Gotcha. Salary plus five percent. And if they if they hit a certain amount of closings in a month, they get a bonus on top of that. Awesome. So but they uh, don't write contracts. They don't write contracts. So our our lead agents or our buyer agent, they're not they're going to negotiate for that client. Yeah. And they're less attached to the outcome because they're closing a lot of real estate. So it's not, I think that the, the friend, a typical buyer agent is just good at being a buyer's friend. It's such an emotional transaction. They're holding the baby while they're looking at the home. It's like, you know, we still do that, but we separate the negotiations from that. And then when it comes to repairs, when it comes to appraisal, that's negotiated by someone who's just fighting for the client. I feel that Lars runs a tight ship. You, what, what gave you that sense? <laughs> 
I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not fully convinced. It's, it's life or death, man. I I I really believe uh, all this stuff is life or death, especially on the buy side. I was almost going to say when you asked the question that we are not nearly where we need to be on the buy side compared to our listing side, and and that is the truth. I feel like every real estate agent is way more vulnerable on the buy side because the truth is like the buyers are so freaking motivated. They know these neighborhoods, yes. you know, and a buyer agent, they know nothing about these neighborhoods and generally they're just opening doors. And so we're, we're really focusing on the buy side and elevating it to the point where our listing side is. How does, how does your buyer agent get, or maybe it's your showing agent then that has more neighborhood expertise. And, and that's another, that's another pitch for the showing agent is that, Hey, listen, our showing agent, you know, on average, they'll show probably 50 homes, 2,500 homes a year. You know, who's going to have a, a better working knowledge of the inventory right. that's on the market? Well, than- have you graduated any showing agents to be lead agents? Yeah. Our buyer agent now came through a showing agent. Nice. Awesome. And, I'm and- good. Oh, I think this is great. Yeah, dude, you were awesome. I, yeah. I, I uh, in conclusion, is there anything that you want to talk about that we did not talk about? No, you guys definitely need to get like a fancy, you know, this, this was $140. Oh. Don't you bag on our I, backdrop right now. I was this on is the last time. Well, your, your assistant warned me. She warned me that, the, that your office was under construction. So, yeah, no, so I, I did get a heads up. Moving, Yeah, it's moving week right moving, now. So yeah, I'm glad yeah. we have something on the walls behind us. No, but, uh, I just I appreciate guys that are um, willing to start a conversation about, you know, I I just think the industry is screwed. Like, no. I don't know how how we have David Lars, go no. on, go on. I don't know how we've maintained this like artificial, like X percent for so long. Like when it, you really think about it, what other industries have maintained like an artificial? Like, right, I'm gonna, have I'm you ever done a transaction? So he, he, here's the thing. I, I closed in my first year, in my first nine months of real estate, I closed a $100,000 buyer at 3%. I got paid three grand. It was the worst transaction ever. And it was like an hour away from where I lived. I also closed a $620,000 transaction at 3% and $18,000. I got paid six times more for the best buyer ever. Totally low key, professional dude. I could relate to him you know, no inspection issues. Like, what's the difference? Like I knew right then that this industry is completely effed up. And that was in 2007. We're 12 years later and that still exists. Yeah. But I guess I, 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 we got guys like you in the industry, right? We got guys that are out there actively trying to make the Ritz Carlton of this. I think that there are portions of this industry that will adjust, but I, I think that I'm just kind of more of the realist. This is what I do to Jeff too. So I'm going to do it to you. I think that that over blanket statement is false, but I, I appreciate the headline of it. I don't think the industry is screwed. I think the industry is actually going to long live and is going to be, and is going to be fine. It's just not going to look like what it looks I, like. Yeah, today. I, I said the real estate agent, if they don't get their head out of the sand, I should have said it differently. The real estate agent, if they don't get their head out of the sand and if they, I started with saying, I appreciate you guys for bringing the conversation. I agree with you. <laughs> if you don't get your head out of the sand and you're, and you're not thinking like the three of us are thinking, you are effing screwed. You better get out of working for yourself and go join a team that's doing it at a high level. 
because you're not going to be able to just walk into someone's home and say, hey, listen, I sold five homes last year. I'm your best choice. Hey, here's the thing. Uh, last story I'll tell real quick. You're going to get smoked if you do that. Yeah. Yeah. I lost a listing to a freaking guy in my neighborhood. It's a neighborhood we moved out of to an agent that had never sold a home before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. was last year. Yeah. How does that even happen? So the craziness still does exist. I just wonder how it comes. <laughs> Discounting? Yeah. What else? Yeah. It's crazy. And and he and the guy told me at first he told me they weren't moving, and then he, a sign showed up in his yard. I'm like, dude, I passed your house. Like, how could you just lie to me? I called him. Yeah, out. There's a whole. No, there's Lars, a post in Lars, your yard. Yeah. The, the, the the fight is real, and that's why yeah. we have to take the business to another level higher at, per your sign in the back there. But why we have to raise, you're saying professionalism is similar to what our message is, is raising, uh, elevating the experience that we're providing because uh, the industry thinks it's the same, right? If they don't give Not you- Not even the industry, the consumers. The right. consumers think that the there's no, there's no stratification of competence in our industry. And so everybody's I had to look it up too the first time I heard it. No, you, there's not, there's not <laughs> multiple levels. Of, everybody's a realtor. We're all in the same bucket. Yeah. Not accurate. Think, because if we get into think, your business or our business or whoever else that's doing a bunch of business with a Ritz Carlton attitude, it's different than the guy that just got licensed, even though we're both considered realtors in the public's eyes. Yeah. And, and our, on our team, essentially you need to be an apprentice for two years. Yeah. You, like work with a client on your own. And if the industry went to that, more people would retain their licenses. And then if we went to like, you have to at least sell 12 homes to, to keep your license, you know, how much would that change? Wow. It would decimate. I think that the, it's interesting because I gotta the, run. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We got to, we got to head out, but I don't know that the conversation is going that way as much as it's going to a national real estate license, which is an interesting concept yeah. for another day. All right, awesome, Lars. Man. Appreciate yeah, the time, you were man. awesome. Thank you, Lars. Appreciate it. Guest uh, number ninety-two. When you get that tattooed on your arm, shoot us a picture. <laughs> you know, I'll come back as the, uh, guest one eighty-four when you guys get there. So we'll just uh, we'll just do it in uh, in multiples. Happy Real. Wednesday. Thanks, Lars. Take care. You're you awesome. guys be good. Thank you for listening. Now more than ever, it is important to put the consumer first. Check us out on all major streaming platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Player FM. Google Play, and Stitcher. Information about one-on-one -on -one coaching or solution events, text 480-530-7972.